Are you all ready to have some fun? I am excited to be here with you all. As Ken said, my name is Jim, and I am the executive director of a local nonprofit called Path United. It used to be Path Project. It kind of still is Path Project. We are right in the middle of this rebrand and name change, um, and we're excited about it. So, uh, but I'm really, really pumped to be here. I know so many faces in the room today. It's so fun. Um, I know a lot of you have uh, I've known you for a long time. It's been really great. Sherry Sherer, who is one of our site directors at PATH, uh, is a member here. So some of you, you may know her. Your student pastor, Ian, is my second cousin. I think we figured out. And so he and I, obviously, we've known each other for a long time. So it's just really cool um, to be here. Uh, our board chair, Dale Rector and his wife, Donna, you guys may know them. Dale is one of my uh, mentors in life. He's a great friend and uh, so you guys have some awesome people in this church. So I hope y'all recognize how, how great you have it here. So I want to take a second and introduce myself and what we do at PATH. Uh, as I said, my name is Jim. I was born and raised just down the street, just down 78 in Snellville. have lived in this area uh, my whole life. I've got a picture of my family I want to show here really quick, just so you guys know that I'm kind of a normal guy, not crazy. This is my wife, Melinda. This is my daughter, Kate, and our little boy, Will. Kate is 13, Will is 10. They're here. So, oh, there, I see them back there. <laughs> so they're excited to be here as well. And uh, so I want to sh show you guys that picture uh, and, and tell a little bit of our story just for a second. I think it's, it's, it's relevant to what we're going to talk about uh, today. So 12 years ago, my wife and I were kind of living the suburban uh, life. Uh, she was a teacher. I was a pastor. We had our, our daughter, Kate, was uh, a newborn at home. And we were just kind of like, a little, I don't know what the right word is, just kind of unsure what was next, kind of dissatisfied with the way our life was going. And one December afternoon in 2008, God changed our life forever. We drove into a mobile home park to deliver some Christmas presents through a local food ministry. And we met a family and that family changed our lives forever. So we now work in eight mobile home park neighborhoods. We go in and operate community centers and we bring in people, staff and volunteers to invest and guide the lives of the kids in those neighborhoods towards uh, their path to graduation and becoming a flourishing adult. And so we've been doing that for a long time, over 10 years. Uh, but it started with that first visit. It started with us, you know, kind of getting out of our, our comfortable seat in church and driving into a neighborhood. And so we, we've seen really cool stuff happen over the, over the years. We've seen kids graduate. We've seen lives be changed. Uh, but the biggest thing that we've seen is that our lives as a married couple and as a family have been changed drastically. Like it's been really, really cool to see. And I'm going to share a little bit about that uh, a little later. But there was one thing that happened to us about 10 or 11 years ago, a little bit uh, after we started a homework program in, in, the, in the mobile home park in Loganville, uh, there was a girl named Sophia. One afternoon, Sophia came up to my wife and she said, when are you guys going to leave? She said, every time a church comes into our neighborhood, they always leave, they never stay. And that question changed our lives forever. And we made a decision that night that we were going to keep showing up. And honestly, that is what we're talking about today, is what does it mean to show up? 
My goal for this morning is that God would encourage, inspire, challenge each of you to ask the question of what does it look like for me to show up in the lives of my neighbors? What does it look like for me to help make a difference in my community? So that's the goal. That's the goal. We're going to do a couple things. I'm going to dive into the Bible for a few minutes, and then you guys are going to hear an amazing story that I can't wait for you to hear. But we're going to start in the book of Galatians. If you guys have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5. If you guys have been in church even for a little while, or you're somewhat familiar with the Bible, you know that there are a lot of passages in the Bible that talk about loving our neighbors, loving others, right? This was a central message of Jesus's gospel, right? But Galatians is a little different. I want to, I want to spend a few minutes here uh, because I've been wrestling with this passage for the last year, year and a half. It's been really a, uh, an influential passage in my life. So the book of Galatians was written by the Apostle Paul. It was written as a response to some of the things that he was seeing that were happening in the church of Galatia. Namely, uh, number one was a lot of the Jewish leaders of the day were still kind of expecting that people, when they heard the gospel and began to follow Jesus, that they would fall into Jewish tradition and law and custom, and they would become Jews. And Paul said, no, 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 like we got to make it as simple as possible for people to follow Jesus. And the next part, the next big thing in Galatians is Paul is saying, hey, I'm hearing and seeing some of the ways that you guys are living, and I'm not really thrilled about it. So he kind of, he really gets on their case and says, hey, these are the ways that the world tells you to live. Let me tell you how God wants you to live. And, th- and we see this big change in Galatians chapter 5. So in verses 16 through 20, Paul is saying, hey, here's a lot of the bad things that are happening in the world. Impurity, uh, sensuality, idolatry, um, strife, jealousy, anger, rivalries, all these things. But then in verse 22, it changes. And that's what I want us to read. Galatians chapter five, verse 22. Paul says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Paul is basically saying, hey, when you have the Holy Spirit, these fruits are gonna come out of your life and you don't need the law. Right, your life is gonna be a life that others see Jesus in you. So fruits of the spirit. I love this idea of fruit because these words to me, when I read them, they are action words. And I, I like action. I get really frustrated sometimes when I'm sitting in a room and we're just talking, hey, well, what if we do this? Maybe one day we'll do this. No, like I almost to a fault and said, hey, let's just do it now. Like, let's go. And that's what I love about this passage because these are things Paul's saying, like, like, these, are, these are actions. These are, these are things that we can do. And they are a product of the Holy Spirit in the same way that fruit is the product of the plant or a tree. And I have a quick story I want to share with you guys. So over the last couple of years, my wife, Melinda, and I have been really working on our emotional health. Um, it's, been a, it's been really fun. It's been a journey. It's been hard. 
Um, but we've got a, a really awesome Christian therapist that we talk to a lot. And it was probably a year ago that uh, one of the things that Melinda and I were talking about together was that we never give each other Christmas presents. And we probably have done this for years and years because we're both responsible, firstborn. We're going to save some money. We're going to put everyone else first, and then we're just going to be okay. And I remember telling, I told our therapist this story, and he said, you're crazy. Like, this is crazy. Why would you not give your wife a Christmas present? You guys love each other. And so we said, okay, like, let's try it. Let's do it. And so we really put a lot of time and energy into, like, the perfect gift, and I started thinking about one. I started thinking about the things that my wife likes. She likes to be outside. She loves nature in our backyard. And I was like, well, what's something I could do that'd be really special and meaningful? And so I thought, well, what about a plant or a tree? And then I was like, well, but a lot of plants and trees, just, they just kind of look pretty and they don't do anything. Like, what if there was something that actually like produced something? So I started doing some research. And did you guys know that you can order trees online and they deliver them to your house? I didn't know this. But I went online and I found a, a, a tree and I have a picture of it. It's a peach tree, but it's not just any peach tree. This is a, a miniature, like four or five foot tall peach tree that you can put on your patio and it produces fruit. So we ordered it. I gave it to my wife, Melinda, for Christmas and it's at our house now. And it's been, what is it, eight months now? Not seven months. And it is producing some peaches. This is actually not our tree. Um, this is the one from the website. But our tree looks kind of like that, and it does have six peaches that, and some of you may know, if you know anything about peaches, please come talk to us afterwards because we're not sure if they're ready. They, they look like they need to go a little bit longer, but it's August 1st. I'm not sure if they should be ready by now. But what's been fun for us on this journey is that we've been able to see these peaches grow. We've been able to see this plant produce fruit. And every time I look at this that this peace tree, I think about this passage. And it has a whole new life for me. I think about the fruits of the Spirit. I think about what it means for the Holy Spirit to live in us, right? And produce the fruit that Paul talks about. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are things that are valuable. They are actions. They are products of the Holy Spirit. And really for me, there's one that has kind of stuck out this last year. It's the word goodness. Have you guys ever thought about that word? Like, what does that word mean? Like, does it mean just being good? So I really kind of did a deep dive into what the Greek says here. What's Paul talking about when he, when he says this? And, and you can go really, really deep with the original translation in the Greek um, about a couple of different ways. But generally, most scholars have come to the conclusion that what Paul's talking about is a Greek word that means right action for the sake of others. It means doing what is right, righteousness. It means doing what's right for the sake of our neighbors. That is what Paul is talking about. That is a fruit of the Spirit. That is what goodness means. So when you see that again, I want you to remember, like, hey, goodness doesn't mean, like, I'm just supposed to be good. It means I'm supposed to do good. So what does that look like if we are filled with the Holy Spirit? And you know, one of the cool things about watching this 
peach tree grow in my backyard has been recognizing that it's not gonna do it by itself. Like it requires water and sunlight and time. It's the same for us. We can read this verse, but not recognize what it takes to get here. And that is, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's us investing in our relationship with Christ. It is reading the Bible and coming to church and prayer and all of these things help us develop these fruits. And so when we think about these fruits, when we think about goodness, to me it's about action. It is about, man, what does it mean to do good for the sake of our neighbors? And we could probably stop there and be like, hey, the Bible says we should do this. Let's go out and, and think about that. But what I love the most about scripture is that it's a real and alive and it is alive inside of us. And it is connected to people and stories. And you can see it, like you can see it happen. And so I wanna take a second right now and introduce you guys to my friend Juan. Juan Terrazas is a colleague of mine at PATH. He's one of our site directors. He leads our programs in Lawrenceville. Um, He's a great friend. He's honestly one of my heroes. And he'll probably be one of your heroes once you hear his story. It is truly life-changing. So we're gonna show a quick little video, about five minutes, that's gonna give you a glimpse of Juan's story. And then Juan is gonna come up and expand and share a little bit more about how this passage and people have invested in his life. So we check this video out. Family to me is really important. I know that I had a home to come home to. I was 14 when everything changed. After my dad got deported and my mom went back, I was basically homeless. I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. I just knew that I had to continue going. I knew that one day I was gonna be able to make it out of my situation. I knew that my life was meant for so much more than just trying to live day by day. My story is not as unique as you may think. It's similar to millions of people living in America. I feel like I'm actually going back in time. I see myself in those kids. My dad got deported but came back. And then, like, when I was, like, five or something, he he got deported again. If he's not here, then I won't be able to have, like, a family. No, my mom won't be happy and everything else. I would be, like, sad and everything without my family. Not having my family with me. Because of my experience, I have a unique gift and desire to help the youth who might have English as a second language, who might be undocumented, go to college and graduate and get an education. Where you come from does not determine where you're going. I know because I've been through it. My parents made a tough choice bringing us to the States. There was slim opportunities in Mexico to make it. They wanted to give us every fighting opportunity. They wanted me to get an education. They brought us here. They didn't make it, but I decided to stay and do the best that I could. Everything was against me, telling me you're undocumented. You won't be able to make it. You don't have your parents. You're homeless. Your house hopping. You're not going to make it. It's a slow descent, 
the increasing isolation, the unwanted feeling. I was to the point in my life where I was like, I don't even want to go on anymore. I would just see the cars pass by, and I just thought to myself that if I jump over, all this pain will be over with. I made every effort I could to get up in the morning, to walk to school, to make it to school, no matter what. I started having people caring for me, noticing me for who I was. This lady came up to me and she was like, hey, I just had these images in my mind. I want to share them with you. She sees me house hopping without my parents struggling. She didn't see me as a rugged inner city youth, but she saw me as a person. Events like that would just change my mind. I'm thankful for those people that just came surrounding me. My situation didn't change, but my perspective and my mindset is what made the change. I didn't have to be a victim of the way that I grew up. So that's why I just kept getting up every day. Now I'm on the path to finishing my bachelor's degree. And the more that I keep learning, the more that I feel empowered, it helps change communities, it helps change families. I'm just amazed at where I came from to where I'm at today. I couldn't get here by myself. And these kids, they have all the potential that's available within them. They just need someone to unlock it, to help them see that beyond their circumstances. At the PATH Project, we have community centers where we go into mobile park trailer homes and we establish after-school programs where we can help the youth with tutoring. Sometimes I hear some of the students talk about, like, I can't do this or I'm not good at this, and I kind of laugh inside because I know that they can. You only limit yourself by the limits that you place on yourself. They know that somebody is right beside them, walking beside them. Who is America? Is it one creed? Is it one color? Or is it a place where we all can stand and be free? My name is Juan Terrazas. Never underestimate the power you have to influence your life or someone else's. Good morning, Journey. How you guys doing today? Good, good. So I want you guys to imagine yourself being a 14-year-old without your parents, trying to just survive. That was me, as you saw in the video. Uh, born in Mexico, grew up in Dallas, Texas. Uh, yeah, by the time four, I was 14, my dad got deported. He got sent back. My mom had to go back a couple of months later because her father was passing away at that time. And uh, I got kicked out by my cousin's boyfriend, house hopping, going from place to place just trying to survive, trying to figure out how to, how to live life. That was me. One of the things that the video didn't touch on was how the, Lord, uh, how the Lord came and he sought me out, how he met me, and that's what really changed my life. The week before I graduated high school, I went to this um, organization called YWAM. Some of you guys might be familiar with Youth with the Mission. And at that time, it had been a while since I've been to the, to the youth uh, program. And uh, my, one of my friends and I, we went, we were bragging, we're like, hey, we're big kids now, we're graduating high school, we're moving on to the next level. And they prayed for us. And after they prayed for us, this lady named Emily, as I said, shared in the video, she comes up to me and she starts telling me uh, everything that's going on in my life, everything that I'm experiencing, how I'm house hopping, how I'm going, uh, uh, struggling uh, with food to eat, and I just being without my parents. And I'm looking at this lady and I'm like, who are you and how do you know this stuff about me? Right? If somebody came up to you and told you what you were going through, it would kind of freak you out, right? So that was me at that moment. 
And so she goes on to say that that all this that that whenever I see people being treated wrong, that I hate that. Especially when women were treated wrong, that I hated that. So nobody really knew that stuff about me or anything that was in my heart. And then she went on to say that all this pain and suffering that you feel right now will be turned around into joy, but as soon as you surrender your life to the Lord. And then she said she saw me being an example to a lot of youth in the future, running across a field with some kind of sports ball. I just went home at that time where I lived at a friend's house, and I just wrote it down. I journaled, that, I journaled the, uh, everything that she told me. Nothing changed. Summer 2008. I graduated high school. I was house hopping, still going from place to place. One day I'll be here, the next day I will be over there. And that's just how, that's, that was my life at the moment. I was un, uh, living unstable. The night, before I, the night before I actually went to uh, community college, I remember I just, I just, I was like, I'm done. I, I, either I give up now or something ha has to give. I, I burned a worship CD because I knew worship was important. I knew that connecting with God was important. And um, I, just put the, uh, I just put the CD on on the, uh, on the radio. I, all I had was just a cover, uh, covering me in a small little closet room where I was living at a friend's house. And I just started praying, uh, speaking to God. August 26, 2008. I won't forget this day. It was like if it was it's still, I still remember like if it was yesterday. So I stayed up that night. I remember just crying out to God saying, God, I'm sick of living life my own way. I'm tired of having to go from house to house, place to place, not knowing if I'm going to have food to eat or a place to stay. And I said, I'm sick of it. I surrender my life. I give you my heart in Jesus' name. And I can't explain it to you, but it's like something happened on the inside of me that just, that just changed. I remember waking up the next day, and I heard a voice, not audibly, not audibly, but I just heard somebody telling me, do not worry about it, son, but lay it all down on me and follow my path. And so from that moment on, um, all I could think about was doing just get involved, was just to get involved in the church I was going to at that time. And I became a youth leader at the, uh, the youth ministry, and then I moved on to the college ministry. I was going to a men's small group, and that, the, the men there really impacted my life. I was 18 years old. Everybody else was like 30 or older. I remember going on Saturday mornings to, uh, to Denny's just to, to get something to eat and just to hear the men uh, talk. And it was, it was life-changing because these men helped me be, uh, they, they helped me figure out that I had a voice, that I had something to share. That just because I came out of a different situation than them didn't mean that I was any lesser than them. They helped me realize that I had some, that I had uh, a purpose that I had something. I saw these men as fathers. I saw them as older brothers. They were husbands. And I envisioned myself through them because I knew that one day I would be a father. I knew that one day I would be a husband. And I wanted, I wanted everything that they had because if, if Jesus was real, then I wanted everything that Jesus died for me to have. And so the gospels will really change my life. I heard it throughout my teenage years. And that night that I surrendered my life to the Lord, August 20, uh, I say August 27th is really when I was, uh, when I was reborn, and my uh, spiritual anniversary uh, birthday is coming up this, this month, and I always look forward to it because it reminds me so much of how God impacted me, how he made a change in my life, and as I keep uh, growing in the Lord, um, I realize that I still have so much more to know, so much more. One of the things that impacted me the most was knowing God's name because God has more, more names than just God, right? Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my, uh, my banner. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my uh, provider. 
when you get to know his name, that's what really makes it change. My favorite Bible verse is from Psalm 9, verse 10. It says, those who know his name will put their trust in him because he never forsakes those who seek him. So that's a promise that when you get to know his name, you get to know who he really is. You know his character. The way he introduced himself to Moses, he said that I am that I am. So he's everything we need him to be at every specific moment. He's our ever-present help in the time of need. That's just who he is. And I found out that that's who he is to me. And I'll leave you guys with this. I like writing rhymes. I like writing uh, lyrics. So I'll leave you all with this. You want proof that God exists? Look at my life. It's evident. Light bulb lit in my head. I found the light. Edison. The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. We seek the truth. We're bringing peace to light the pieces. Genesis. Light and darkness are alike to him. So which is foolish? You tell me. A child afraid of the dark at night or grown afraid to step in the light. Even if the darkness was to come past around me. How would I fear for even my night shall be light about me? Hey, look at this stranger. Go and change your thing. Let the masculine praise come. Bring the change. Give it Hope spreading got to those with that course, uh, giving freedoms out driven by compassion. Wake up, wake up to uh, your Christ passion. Open the eyes of those who are blind. See my little light here. I'm going to let it shine. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate y'all. What about y'all? But when I hear that story from Juan, like, I am inspired. I am inspired for a lot of reasons. And there's two big things that I, that I hope you guys took from that story. Um, one is, is that years ago, when Juan was young, there were people sitting in a church and they made the decision to get out of their seat and go to Juan's neighborhood. And they shared the gospel with him and they made a difference in his life. And the second, even more important thing that I hope you got from that is that Juan has grown up to follow Jesus, and now he's doing the same thing. Juan is making a decision every day to show up in the lives of kids in his community. And so I am, I am inspired. To me, when I hear that, it is a clear illustration of what we just talked about. It is the fruit of the Spirit. It is goodness. It is right action for the sake of others. I mean, that story is just full of people who made a tough decision to show up. Maybe it wasn't easy, but they made the decision to show up. And Juan is making the decision to show up. And that is what right action for the sake of others means. That is doing good. That is what it means to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit in our lives and produce fruit. So I said earlier, you know, one of my, or my only goal today was that you guys would feel inspired and encouraged to take a step of faith and to show up in the lives of someone in your community. And many of you are already doing this in different ways. I know there are lots of stories probably in this room that are similar to Juan's. But what's exciting to me is to know that this is a call by God for ordinary average people. You don't have to have any special skills or talents to show up in someone's life. And the reason is that I know that is because I don't have any special skills or talents. I'm a pretty normal guy. And I actually struggle sharing our personal story of 
our journey with Path United because I never want to sound like, hey, look at me, look, look at what we did. But then God reminds me like, hey, like it is a part of your story. It's a part of your life. It's a part of people's lives. And God used our decision to step out of our comfort zone into a mobile home park to change lives. Not just the lives of the people there, but like the people that work for us and people that we've interacted with, ourselves, our kids. It's been a cool journey. It's been a cool journey. But you don't have to be skilled or talented. God is ready to use anyone. And so I shared earlier at the beginning about how we we got started in our work in a mobile home park in Loganville. And I shared about a young girl named Sophia who asked us a question. Uh, Her question was, when are you gonna leave? Melinda and I went home that night and we said, hey, you know what? We're not gonna leave. And Melinda came back and told Sophia, we are gonna be in your life and we're gonna see you graduate high school. And I wanna share a picture of my wife, Melinda and Sophia at her high school graduation. So she graduated in 2016 from South Gwinnett High School, which is the same high school where I graduated. And so seeing this journey in Sophia's life, Sophia is now a, a student at Georgia Gwinnett College. Her life isn't perfect, there are challenges, but she is doing good. Like she is growing as a person. And my wife, Melinda, especially has been a part of that. And so it's cool for us to see that. And I share that not to boast, but I share that to say, hey, God can use any, because if he can use us, he can use anyone. So I want you guys to, when you hear Juan's story, when you think about your own lives, what is it that God's calling you to do? How can you show up? There's a, a verse, I mean, a, a quote, I'm sorry, a quote from Pastor Andy Stanley that I really love, that I think is really relevant. He says, the people who make a difference in the world aren't the ones who just believe the right things. They are the people who take action when something isn't right. I love this quote. I think it is totally um, relevant to our conversation today. He is talking about goodness, the fruit of the spirit of goodness, right action for the sake of others. The people who make a difference are the people that take action and show up. Years ago, in 2008, my wife and I, I shared earlier, we were feeling dissatisfied and not sure what God wanted us to do with our lives. We had gone to South Africa a year before. We almost moved to South Africa, but we felt really strongly, no, we're going to go home and, and, and maybe God will show us a way that we can make a difference in our community. And for a year, like nothing happened. And we were starting to get frustrated. And the truth is we didn't know what we could do. We didn't know. We had no idea what the options were. Well, I want to tell you guys that today, here, this morning, that's not the case. Because in the lobby, there are amazing local organizations, global organizations, doing amazing work in the community. And so you guys have people in your church I know personally the leaders of each of these organizations. They're great people. Many of you probably volunteer with them. Sherry that works for us is out in the lobby. We have a a great opportunity today to be able to take a clear next step. And my encouragement to you is that you you don't have to have it all figured out. 
We didn't at the beginning. We signed up to deliver Christmas presents for the local food ministry because it was available. And it was, it was a step. And it led us to something totally different. So that's my challenge is maybe you don't have any idea what you're supposed to do. I mean, we're all coming out of COVID, right? It's been a year and a half. Like we've been cooped up. A lot of us have been at home. Listen, our community needs us. This community needs Journey Church. The schools, local neighborhoods, local ministries. Listen, you guys know this, like the community needs this church. And so Ken's gonna come up in a second and share with you guys specifically about what organizations are out here. But my encouragement, my challenge is that God would just stir something inside you and say, hey, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna show up? Right, that's the question we ask ourselves as we close, is when we think about this passage, when we think about the fruits of the Spirit, we think about the Holy Spirit in our lives and doing good, what are we gonna do to take action today for the sake of others. Will you guys pray with me? God, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful for your son, Jesus, who brings the word alive, the Holy Spirit that comes into our lives. And God, I pray that we can take this passage from scripture and one story and God, that you would inspire us, challenge us, make us uncomfortable and make us realize that there is a place where we can show up. That it doesn't require skill or talent. That it simply requires a step. And God, I pray that you put on each of, us, each of our hearts today, God, what is that next step? Specifically, God, I just pray that they would, that you would lead each of us to a clear next step. And God, we're thankful for Journey. We're thankful for the people here in this church who are already investing in the community in so many ways. God, I'm thankful for their stories. I pray that you would make connections happen today. God, lead us, inspire us, challenge us to understand what it's like, what it means to show up in the lives of our neighbors. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a powerful day. I'm so grateful for uh, Jim and Juan and what they shared.